Let's turn our Bibles for a brief meditation this morning to Acts of the Apostles in chapter number 2 and we read verses 17 to 21. Acts chapter 2 and verses 17 to 21. In the last days God says I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants both men and women. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Here is a prophecy that was prophesied by Joel the prophet probably about 800 odd years before Jesus was born. And this is a prophecy that was prophesied about what will happen after Jesus uh, comes and he does the work of redemption on the cross. Here is a promise of the gift of the Holy Spirit that was prophesied by Joel even before Jesus was born and Jesus came into this world. Now this is a prophecy that came to pass after uh, 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead. And in fact, today according to our calendar, if you calculate 50 days from Easter date, today is the Pentecost Sunday, as it is celebrated all over the world, as the day when the Holy Spirit was given to the church. The Holy Spirit was poured out on all flesh. And uh, there is a... Um, misconception about this word called Pentecost which firstly I like to uh, break it down for us so that we will clearly understand what is Pentecost and not the not get the wrong side or the wrong understanding of what Pentecost is for most people in the Christian world and even outside the Christian world they understand Pentecost as a certain kind of a denomination a denomination where people make a lot of noise there's drums and guitars and um, and uh, there are sound and lights and smoke machines and all kinds of things that happen. Um, and some uh, circles they understand Pentecost as um, you know people who wear white clothes and who do not wear jewelry. That's exactly what Pentecost is understood to be like. Um, and so the moment you say the word Pentecost, they think, oh, they clap hands, they shout hallelujah. That's Pentecost. By the way, clapping of hands is in scripture. Psalmist King David writes and he says, clap your hands, all the people. And uh, the word hallelujah is also in the Bible. It's not a bad word. <laughs> so some people think that's something that uh, is uh, solely uh, owned by the Pentecostals. Or there's some kind of an invention of the Pentecostals or the Pentecostal church where they say hallelujah and they clap hands. And even more, something else that the people understand of what Pentecost is, is about those people who speak in a language or it sounds like they're blabbering. And they make a lot of noise and sounds like some gibberish and that is what is Pentecost. In some ways, yes. <laughs> But that is not just Pentecost. Pentecost was one of the seven feasts of the Jews. One of the seven Jewish feasts was a feast of Pentecost. 
or it was in other words the uh, you know the after the seven weeks after the passover feast was a feast of pentecost or in other words the feast of ingathering the feast of harvest and also it was a season of the year when summer time was over and was coming to a time of harvest where they would harvest and so it was also the time when they would bring in the harvest from the fields and so it was the day of pentecost so the feast like the feast of passover where they celebrated the exit from egypt and when they moved out towards the land of canaan the promised land when the people of israel came out of egypt and that night when they came out of egypt that was a night that was celebrated as a, a passover meal because the angel of death passed over the house of israel and the angel of death smo- uh, was smiting the the firstborn of all of the land of egypt of all the peoples of egypt but for israel they escaped from this angel of death because they had smeared the blood of the lamb on the doorposts and so the angel of death passed over and so they had a meal that night with this lamb that was roasted and they ate it in haste because that was a night when the lord was delivering them from the clutches of egypt and pharaoh so that was about the feast of passover and the lamb of god the lamb who's jesus himself died on the cross sacrificial lamb who sacrificed himself like that lamb that was you know uh, that was uh, slaughtered and the blood was shed for the deliverance of the people of egypt the same way jesus the lamb of god was crucified on the cross which is what we celebrate as good friday and his blood was shed for us but yet yet on the third day he rose from the dead and uh, 50 days after that penta means 15 in greek and pentecost is that feast uh, which is celebrated as a celebration of harvest and so because of jesus's death and resurrection of jesus paying the price for the sins of the whole world where he opened up the door for all mankind to be saved by believing in him now comes outpouring of the spirit and through the working of the spirit here is the birthing of the church on the day of pentecost by the preaching of the gospel and many who believed in the in the work that jesus did on the cross that he paid the penalty for their sins they were saved and so there was a harvest of souls into the kingdom of god and so that marked the day of pentecost and that was a beginning of the pentecost or the beginning of the harvest and until jesus comes again the second time souls will be harvested all over the world from every nation and tribe and language people will be saved because of the preaching of the gospel that began on the day of pentecost amen so i hope you understood what pentecost is not and what pentecost is and so if somebody would ask you so uh, uh, which denomination uh, are you part of sometimes most people don't know whether they are part of some denomination or abomination that's another matter but um people might ask you what what kind of denomination so are you a protestant or are you catholic uh, uh, i don't know i'm a pro- probably a protestant i'm definitely not a catholic you might say oh uh, so you're a protestant then so are you a baptist methodist lutheran um, anglican presbyterian what are you pentecost or, or something in between <laughs> you know you you still may not be able to know. probably you might say oh i think it might be a pentecostal church because they don't have a um, steeple 
um, and a cross above it. Oh, but we got a cross yet. They don't have a steeple up. So it might not be an Anglican or a Lutheran or a Methodist or Baptist. So it might be something like a Pentecostal thing. Oh, do they make noise in your church? Oh, yes, a lot of noise there. Oh, then that must be Pentecostal. The pastor's wife also wears a white sari. So that must be surely Pentecostal. No doubt about it. By the way, there's no Pentecost or Methodist or Baptist or anything in the Bible. The early church, the disciples were called Christians. Amen. Hallelujah. And so it's not about which denomination we pledge our allegiance to or what kind of a theological uh, leaning we might have. It's all about following the scriptures as it is. Preaching and believing and practicing the word of God as it is. And being a true Christian and being, living to the glory of God and living a witnessing life for his glory. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what Christian life is all about. So whatever you might call it, as long as we are in this world, we need, we need a name board. Because as a public institution, you know, it ha- which is registered with the government, you need some name. And so there is a name. That's it. But ultimately, we follow the scriptures and we are called as Christians as we are disciples, fully devoted followers of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. And so if somebody would ask you who you are, all you need to say, I'm a fully devoted follower of Jesus. Whatever brand name or tag you want to put on me, that's up to you. But we are not defining ourselves, our lives and our practices by any kind of a tag name of a denomination. Amen. Hallelujah. We neither want to follow uh, 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 a Protestant culture, nor are we wanting to follow a Pentecostal culture, or nor are we wanting to follow any kind of a denominational culture. We want to follow the biblical culture. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's what we want. We want what the Bible says. We want to follow what the Bible says and we want to live by what the Bible says. And we want to see the word of God fulfilled in our lives. And we want to see the kingdom of God established in the world. That's what is most important. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. There were different times, different uh, men of God that God raised all through the history of the world. uh, All through the history of the church. At many times for different purposes. And when they rose up and very often according to some of the emphasis that they laid at their time. Which they felt as a, a need at that time in the world. They were called according to such emphasis that they uh, emphasized. For example, Martin Luther who was once a um, Roman Catholic priest. Um, you know, discovered that you know, we are not saved by good works. You know, we are not saved by, you know, buying penance in, in, in the church, from the church. It was only the rich who were able to do that. And so he discovered that we are not saved by doing charity and by doing good, but we are saved, our sins are forgiven by putting our faith on the Lord Jesus. You know, the just shall live by faith. That's what he believed in. And he found out about 95 points that were errors, which were against the scriptures. You know, some of the practices of the church. And he nailed it down, you know, put, it, put them down, nailed them uh, at the door of the church at Wittenberg in Germany. And he protested against the teachings of the Roman Catholic Church and the atrocities that were done by them. And because he did that and protested and he found the teaching of scripture that says... We are saved by faith and not by good works. 
which is in Ephesians chapter 2 and verses 8 and 9 he discovered that that the holy spirit enlightened to him and so he came out and he protested against the teachings of the roman catholic church and that's how you call what is what we call as a protestant movement or the protestant church that is commonly called as but we are not protestant we have not protested against anybody we only protest against the devil amen we only protest against sin so we are not protestant either amen hallelujah so we are not about the technical protestant as the protestants were there only in the uh, about 1600s or something like that when when martin luther was there that was a protestant movement and then as he discovered that it is not by works but by faith and then came the uh, uh, you know uh, uh, you know certain other men of god who god raised and when they realized it was not just about salvation but the scriptures you know talk about baptism where we also need to be baptized and so they began to baptize people it's not good enough that you are saved but you also baptize and there came about the baptist movement where they laid a great emphasis of salvation and baptism they got it right with the preaching of the gospel and with baptism and then they uh, there were others who came along little later after that and they found that uh, you know we are not learning scriptures because the scriptures were all in latin at that time and it was only the fathers uh, who were able to read the scriptures and the common people were not able to read they were not permitted to read also even today they are not encouraged to read the scriptures and so uh, they taught you know the scriptures methodically Uh, you know in in a proper manner and so in a very disgraceful manner they were called as methodists because they were teaching scriptures methodically and then came about this methodist movement and uh, you know the wesleyan movement and all of them uh, you know and they spread all across the world they went around you know as missionaries planting churches and each of these movements uh, from martin luther who came the lutheran movement they were planting churches and and like ziegenbalg um, a, a, a german missionary who came through the danish uh, you know king you know came to trankobar um, you know little off pondicherry and he came and began to plant churches and he began to uh, translate the bible learn tamil and translate the bible in tamil and uh, I- I- the same bible that you use the tamil bible you use today is about 350 year old uh, which was translated by ziegenbalg a german missionary amen and so god used many of these movements at that time uh, for a specific purpose and then they began to realize that uh, you know it was not just good enough to uh, read and study scriptures methodically but you also need to uh, the scriptures are also talking about being filled with the holy spirit and uh, you know with the gift of speaking in tongues and being led and moved in the holy spirit and operating in the gifts of the spirit and there came the you know the the outpouring of the holy spirit in the early 1900s and 1905 there have been many times when the spirit of god was poured upon major revivals happened in many nations at different times but then in the early 1900s came about the outpouring of the spirit the latter rain where the people of god were filled with the holy spirit in different places at the same time uh, on one side in wales another place in azusa street new york city another uh, place at pandit ramabai's ashram in calcutta you know many many places you know the spirit of god was poured out in sri lanka in many places across the world god was pouring out his spirit and there was an amazing move of god that began with the outpouring of the spirit the latter rain that came about in the early 1900s onwards the 20th and 21st century following you know is the time where you seeing a great move of the spirit of god and the evangelization of the world as never before 
Why? It's because we are coming closer and closer to the coming, the second coming of the Lord Jesus. And it is his will that all men shall be saved. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's why he says in, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 17, the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. The spirit of God was poured out right in the first century. Just 50 days after Jesus ascended, uh, Jesus rose from the dead. The spirit of God was given because that was a gift that was promised by the father. And Jesus himself spoke that he will go back to heaven and he will send another comfort of the Holy Spirit. If you will read with me in Luke's gospel, chapter number 24 and verse number 49. This is what Jesus told the disciples before he ascended back into heaven after he resurrected from the dead. You know, after his resurrection, he appeared to many and then he appeared to his disciples also. And here he gives them a command in Luke 24, 49. And he says, I'm going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. Stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. That's talking about the Holy Spirit. That he will come and he will empower you. You will receive the power of God. But to the disciples he commanded and said, but stay in the city. Now, when he had led them out in the vicinity of Bethany, verse 50, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Verse 51, while he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple praising God. They continued to be in the city of Jerusalem waiting to receive the power from on high. And they were praising and worshipping God right there. And you come now to Acts of the Apostles chapter 1. You know Luke and Acts were written by Luke, Dr. Luke. And so Luke, Acts is one long story that you need to read it together. And so, and you see the connection from where Luke left in Luke's gospel. He begins from where he left in Acts of the Apostles chapter 1. In Acts chapter 1, if you read in verse number 4, on one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a third person of the Trinity. The Holy Spirit is not just some kind of a power, not just some kind of shakti, but he is a person like the person of the Father and Jesus. And the Holy Spirit is the power of creation, is the one who created, is the one who is in action, is the, is the one you will see demonstrating, you know, and doing many things. You will see his manifestation in many ways as he demonstrates his power. And so, as the three persons of the Trinity, uh, but in one essence, but in three persons, one God in three persons, we see the third person of the Trinity given to us as a gift for, uh, promised by the Father. And so Luke is recording in Acts about the same thing that he left in Luke's gospel towards the end, which we read now. And then he says um, in verse number eight, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so here is the third person of the Trinity given promise as a gift by the father. And when he comes upon us, we will be filled with the power of God. Hallelujah. Isn't that good news to us? Amen. 
praise god so what did the disciples do they waited just as jesus told them to wait and if you read in verse number 14 the bible says they all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and mary the mother of jesus with his brothers in verse 15 in those days peter stood up among the believers a group numbering about 120 and then he goes on to speak to them so they were the point is they were all together in one place about 120 people including the disciples of Jesus and Mary the mother of Jesus and the women who had served Jesus who had followed Jesus all together and they were all praying and waiting to receive the gift of the holy spirit this is just after Jesus ascended back into heaven and then was chapter 2 of acts and verse number 1 to 4 if you will read with me when the day of pentecost came this was that feast which i talked to you about 50 days after passover on that day they were all together in one place you saw that in chapter 1 and verse 14 they were together praying suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting they saw what seemed to be like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them all of them were filled with the holy spirit and began to speak in other tongues as a spirit enable them all of them were filled with the holy spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the spirit enabled them when the holy spirit came on them the spirit of god take took full control upon their lives his power was manifested and he took full control of their lives that even their speech centers were in control of the holy spirit and when they began to speak as the spirit enabled them they spoke in other languages and the languages that they spoke were in so many you see in verse 7 onwards but now before we read from verse 7 let's read from verse 5 now they were staying in jerusalem god fearing jews from every nation under heaven why were there people god fearing jews from every nation under heaven these were jews who had come to celebrate the feast of passover and the feast of pentecost and jews were dispersed and they were scattered all over the world and these jews who are from different nations came to jerusalem for these feasts because they were these were jewish feasts and the only place you can offer sacrifice was in the temple mount at the temple of solomon and so whichever continent they lived in they had to come all the way to the temple mount the mount of olives and they come there and they were there for the feast So these were God-fearing Jews from every nation they had come. And when they heard this sound, what sound? The speaking of tongues by these 120 people. Oh, these Pentecostals, we may call them so. But this was on the day of Pentecost. They were speaking in tongues. They were making a lot of noise because the Holy Spirit had come upon them. And these men who had come from different nations, Jews who had come to offer sacrifices, had come and they heard this sound. And when they heard this sound, a, came, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Oh, these were Jews who had come from different nations, but they were hearing in their own languages. What does that mean? Let's read verse 7. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Hey, these guys who are in this upper room praying and who received the Holy Spirit and who are speaking in tongues and making all this noise were Galileans. In other words, they spoke Aramaic. Aramaic. 
that was a street language that was the language that jesus spoke also aramaic and so this is uh, these were galileans they don't know other languages they are galileans but then these jews who had come from other nations are hearing in their own languages are you getting it some had come from which places parthians medes elamites was 9 residents of mesopotamia judea cappadocia pontus asia phrygia pamphylia egypt parts of libya cyrene rome jews and both converts to judaism cretans arabs so you see people from different nations who had gathered there in the city of jerusalem who are hearing this sound but then they hear the language that they are speaking is in their own language somebody can hear hear an arabic somebody can hear a greek somebody can hear a malayalam you know because it says asia and and from the time of solomon there were jews settled in kerala and so so some people who were also speaking malayalam jews speaking malayalam had gone over there to israel to jerusalem and they heard these people 120 speaking in tongues and sometimes somehow they heard their own languages from different nations they had come but what they were hearing they were not blabbering but they were hearing them verse 11 last part we hear them declaring the wonders of god in our own tongues amen so when the holy spirit comes upon a person when he a person is filled with the spirit of god god gives them a language God gives them a, pr- a language that probably is spoken about somewhere in the world or probably is an extinct language and also the bible also records about a language which is the language of angels in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and so God gives us a language which is a sign but the point is that you receive the spirit of God in you and you are empowered by the holy spirit that's what we need amen hallelujah and as a result of receiving the holy spirit you will as an evidence begin to speak in tongues you will not have to make it up but the holy spirit himself will cause you to speak hallelujah praise the lord amen and so in case you say that i don't have this language i don't think i have received the holy spirit you can pray and ask him that's what the disciples did that was the 120 people did they prayed they waited So you got to get into the presence of God and you got to start waiting to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit and the spirit of God will fill you with his power and you will experience his power coming upon you and you will begin to speak in other tongues as the spirit enables you to speak hallelujah and when you are empowered why do we need the power of the Holy Spirit verse number 8 of chapter 1 acts 1:8 but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you for what and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem and all judea and samaria to the ends of the earth and so now these people who had gathered who saw this what was happening were confused and they asked what is this phenomena that's happening why is everybody speaking in different languages what is going on here what is all this noise they thought these people were drunk with too much wine they misunderstood them verse 13 of chapter 2 somehow made fun of them and said they had too much wine 
But in verse 14, then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. And he said, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk. As you suppose, it's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Where God said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. And your sons and daughters will prophesy. And uh, your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. And the prophecy, he describes and he explains it to them. Because these Jews had not yet accepted even Jesus. The ones who came to watch this. The ones who came and saw the infilling of the Holy Spirit and the noise and the speaking in tongues. These men who had come from different places had come to sacrifice and come for the Passover feast and for the feast of Pentecost. They had not even accepted Jesus as a Messiah. And so from beginning with what they saw, Peter begins to preach the gospel to them. After that, if you note, all through chapter 2, he preaches the gospel. And then at the end of it, they ask, what shall we do? And then Peter says, repent and be baptized. Verse 38 of chapter 2. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It was a plan of God that everyone who, was, who repents of their sin, who receives forgiveness of their sins, who is baptized, who makes a covenant with the Lord to, in the waters of baptism, will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That is God's will. That is God's plan. That is God's design. He said, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 39. Verse 39. This promise is for you and your children and for all who are afar off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. In other words, everyone who will get saved from now on, this promise is for you and for your children and for everyone who will come to know Jesus as their personal Savior. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And so, brother, sister, this morning, the Lord wants to fill us with His Holy Spirit. He has a gift of, awaiting for you to receive all that you need to do is wait in his presence and you will receive the gift of the holy spirit and you will receive power that same peter who was a coward who was so afraid who ran for his life who denied christ three times before jesus was crucified on the cross that same peter now to the jews he stands up with the 11 others and he begins to preach the gospel Hallelujah. That that fearful Peter, that Peter who was afraid, that Peter who ran away, that Peter who denied Christ, that Peter who said I don't even know him. I don't even know what he's talking about. He denied even to a little servant girl. Who was full of fear but now rises up, full of the Holy Spirit, filled with the spirit of God and preaches a gospel boldly and he goes on to say in verse 22 onwards, men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles wonders and signs which God did among you through him as you yourselves known this man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge and you with the help of wicked men put him to death by nailing him to the cross God raised him from the dead freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him and continues to preach the gospel You see, you along with wicked men put him to death. In other words, what he's saying to everybody who's listening to him, you are also wicked men like him. Like 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 those who put him to death. 
It's not just the Roman soldiers who are wicked, but you Jewish people, you are wicked. You put him to death. You see the courage with which he's speaking? Are you with me this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. There's a boldness that has come into him. There's a courage that has come into him. There's a way that he stands up and he asserts himself and says, this is the gospel. He takes his position. He takes this, takes the gospel to them and he straightly speaks it to their face and say, you, along with wicked men, put them to death. But God raised him from the dead. He speaks the gospel boldly and in his one preaching, the Bible says that 3,000 of them were saved on that day. Verse 41, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day, which means somebody numbered them, added, counted them. Amen. That's why it says clearly a number of 3,000. Praise the Lord. So this is a Peter. This is a Peter who was coward. This is a Peter who was afraid. This is a Peter who ran away. But yet now when Jesus you know, as he said that the father promised the Holy Spirit and he told them to wait and receive and they waited and received and as they were empowered, comes out as a bold witness preaching the gospel of Jesus. If you need to fulfill the great commission, if you need to fulfill your plan, your, your, your purpose for your life, which God has, the plans that he has for you, if you need to be a strong, bold witness in the world that God has placed you, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your family, if you need to be a bold witness, you need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel and not to be afraid. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And, and you go on to see in, verse no, in chapter 4 of Acts and verse number 13. They saw the courage, when they saw the courage of Peter and John. And they realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. Peter and John were speaking with boldness, with courage. Earlier Peter was not courageous. He could not face opposition. He could not face anybody who would say anything against him or, or would connect him with Jesus. But now Peter and John are courageous. You see the boldness. And then comes another time when Peter is even thrown into prison now. But Peter is even ready to die for Jesus. Hallelujah. And look at the boldness and the courage that Stephen had. Stephen was man full of the Holy Spirit and he was courageous. He was preaching the gospel. You see him preaching the gospel from chapter 6 all the way to chapter 7 to the end. And then you come down to verse 54. As he was witnessing those to those who had taken him captive, who had seized him and were going to stone him to death while he faced you know, these enemies right there for the sake of the gospel. You see in chapter 50, uh, chapter chapter 7 of Acts and verse 54, when they heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. And Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. At this they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they all rushed at him, dragged him out of the city and, and began to stone him. Meanwhile the witnesses laid their clothes at the feet of a man, young man named Saul. While they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this he fell asleep. 
while he was being stoned to death he stands with much courage and he speaks he sees heaven opened he sees the glory of god he sees the son of god he sees uh, he prays and he says lord do not hold this sin against him and he you know and he gives up his spirit boldly dies for jesus he did not fear death because he was full of the holy spirit hallelujah praise the lord that's what happens when you are filled with the holy spirit you will not even fear death amen you will not fear opposition to the gospel you will not fear what people may say because of what you believe you will not fear of witnessing about jesus to others even though you know they may oppose you when you are filled with the holy spirit you will have the courage the boldness to witness about jesus that's what we read in chapter 1 and verse 8 but when you receive the holy spirit when the power comes upon you when you receive the holy spirit you will by be be my witnesses in jerusalem and judea in samaria and to the ends of the world hallelujah and so for god to take the gospel to the world and he would do that through us only so he gives us a gift of the holy spirit and when you receive this gift of the holy spirit you will be a powerful witness to him and you will be able to do things that you cannot do in the natural realm there are many things that the holy spirit will do but we are focusing this morning on the harvest that he is bringing through the empowerment of his people and so brother sister let's not just live life for ourselves let's not just live life for the sake of money Let, let's not live life for the sake of this world because everything in this world will one day pass away the name and the fame that we earn the money the wealth the riches that we earn the houses that we build and everything that we own will one day pass away but what will come with us into eternity is the souls that will be one the things that are done for christ will last forever and ever hallelujah that's why jesus said store up for yourselves treasures that moth or rust will not destroy hallelujah amen and so let's fix our eyes upon the things that god wants us to do he wants you to be a witness that's why he commissioned the disciples and he told them go and preach the gospel and baptize everyone in the name of the father son and the holy spirit and teach them to observe everything i have commanded you and lo i am with you always to the very end of the age he promised to be with us while we do this task of sharing the gospel with others Have you been sharing the gospel to somebody lately this last one month or less than a month or this last one week have you shared the gospel with somebody what have you been doing something have you been doing something that will have an eternal consequence have you been involved in the things of god have you been involved in the things that concern your purpose for your life and that is to bring souls into the kingdom of god you've been saved so that you will bring others to salvation if just going to heaven was the only purpose or reason why jesus saved us from sin then the next moment you got baptized he should have taken you off into heaven why did he let you live why has he given us life why has he given us a time in this world so that we will be people who will bring people into the kingdom of god in this world it's only you and i who can do that that responsibility has been given to us that ministry of jesus has been handed down to us and so he wants us to reproduce his ministry 
But how can we do that? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Because the third person of the Trinity is there within us to do the impossible, to do what we cannot do, to speak what we cannot speak. He gives us the power. He gives us the courage. I remember as I used to go to college every uh, morning, we used to gather together as a bunch of friends and we used to go by the suburban train. About a 40 minute journey from Nungamakam to Thambram. And in this, um, every morning as we would go to college and the trains would be crowded with people. And we decided one day that we should do something and we would carry a couple of guitars and we would start singing together as friends and in the train. So everybody would turn around and think that there's some college gang just making some noise and having fun. And then we would sing choruses and then we would add, add around after Mambalam or Gindi, you know, Saidapat, after Saidapat, uh, Gindi, you would, you know, the train would really get packed out, full. And people would be even hanging outside because all the office going, college going, school going crowd will be there. And, and after we would sing from Nungambakam to Saidapat, about 15 minutes, and then I would rise up and start preaching the gospel. For a moment when I would rise up, and stand and turn towards the crowd. We would always be at one end of the compartment and face the other side. And I would stand up and the moment I stand, there would be a kind of chill that will go down my spine for a moment. But then from somewhere, a courage will come. And I would open my mouth and start speaking. I would, I would not know from where the words will begin to flow. For the next 10 minutes, I would preach the gospel. As loud as I could in Tamil so that those even up to the other end of the compartment with all the train noise and everything that everybody can hear. And I would start preaching the gospel from creation and all the way to the cross and the resurrection of Jesus and how anybody who puts his faith in him today can be saved. And finally I would come down to an altar call also and say if there's anybody who wants to accept Jesus, you can pray this prayer after me and I would say the sinner's prayer. Many times I've seen many lips moving. They're on their way to office. They're on their way to college. They're on their way to work. But they would pray. They would repeat the words after me and pray. <laughs> and then we would, you know, by the time most of the crowd will get, get off at Pallavaram Krompet, you know. And then we, by the time we would finish a prayer and preaching and prayer and everything. And then we would come down to our final chorus. Oh, uh, you know, uh, glory to God, he has lifted me up in a couple of choruses. We would sing and wind up and pray and finish. About five, ten of us would be there. We would finish and get off the train and go to college. God will give you the boldness to speak the gospel anywhere. To anybody. In any place, at any location. It needn't have to be public preaching all the time. It can be sharing the love of Jesus to somebody who is sitting right next to you in your office. That's why he wants to empower you with the Holy Spirit. The place where God has kept you, your workplace. The place where God has kept you in your, your neighborhood. The place where God has kept you in your school, your college. is the, the reason why he's kept you there is so that you will be an effective witness for him. That you will be a bold witness for him. Let come what may. God is with you. He has promised to be with you as you share the gospel. Hallelujah. Brother, sister, time is running out. Every day that passes by without you sharing the gospel with somebody is a day that has gone and you will never get it back. But be filled with the Holy Spirit first. 
be filled with the power of god has the lord to anoint you but if you know that you are anointed of the holy spirit you know that the spirit of god is in you you know that you are empowered and you can sense the power of god working through your life you ought to step out and become a witness for jesus because that's why the holy spirit was given it is not just for us to have a good party of speaking in tongues together on a sunday morning at church it's for us to go and be a witness out there but the the tongues is an evidence that you've been filled with the spirit of god hallelujah probably you you don't you sense that you've been filled with the holy spirit maybe you have not started speaking in tongues yet that's all right don't worry about it god will give you the tongue but 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 become a witness for jesus whoever you meet whoever you come in contact with wherever you go whichever places you go to whoever you know are opportunities that god has placed to be a witness to them would you continue to witness to them would you begin to witness to them would you do something to be a bold witness you've received the power of the holy spirit one day the lord will call us to account and ask i filled you with the holy spirit i gave you the gift of speaking in tongues i gave you the power i gave you the power to be a witness for me but why didn't you do the job you don't want to see souls going to hell if otherwise if we had preached the gospel would have been saved amen hallelujah god has given us an opportunity and when you are filled with the holy spirit you will begin to move in the supernatural the supernatural power of god will begin to operate through your life you will do signs and wonders and miracles god will lead you in miraculous supernatural ways in acts chapter 8 we read about how philip was taken you know led by the angel of god in verse 26 he the angel of the lord came and gave philip a, a direction to go de- the desert road it goes down jerusalem to gaza from jerusalem to gaza and met an ethiopian eunuch and went and witnessed about jesus right there because philip was a man full of the holy spirit and he was already doing signs and wonders and miracles if you see in verse 7 which shrieks evil spirit came out of many and many paralytics and cripples were healed philip was operating in the spirit signs and wonders and miracles were happening he was casting out demons that's a power that you have when you're filled with the holy spirit you will do miracles miracles will happen through your through you god will do miracles through you god will meet people's needs through you impossible things in people's lives will happen through you when you pray for them when you speak to them when you share the word of god to them miracles will happen evil spirits will heal sickness will leave people will be healed and then the lord directs him to go to meet the ethiopian eunuch as he was in this chariot on his way back from jerusalem after he had worshiped there and so philip preaches the gospel to them to this ethiopian eunuch and then and he gave orders for the chariot to stop and philip and the eunuch went down into the water and philip baptized in verse 38 when they came up out of the water verse 39 the spirit of the lord suddenly took philip away and the eunuch did not see him again but went on his way rejoicing you even have the spirit of god transporting you place to place to go minister to people hallelujah do you think this can happen you don't even have to get a ticket and fly through an aeroplane he can even take you places physically 
spirit of god can take you and cause you to minister to people somewhere in some place in the world hallelujah you step in into the supernatural realm when you are filled with the holy spirit you no longer operate in the natural realm you're not no longer operating through your intellect no longer operating through your rational and your reasoning and your logic and everything when you operate through the supernatural miracles begin to happen miraculous things begin to happen god begins to use you in miraculous ways in very many supernatural ways hallelujah hallelujah brother sister you and i need to receive the holy spirit the gift of the holy spirit that was promised and when the power of god comes upon you you will be a witness first in jerusalem talking about your own city your own place your own family you will be a witness the hardest thing to hardest place to witness is to your own family sometimes the hardest nuts to crack are right within the four walls of the house you need the power of the holy spirit hallelujah you speak through the holy spirit you speak led by the holy spirit you pray and the holy spirit's power will manifest and change people's lives which you cannot do by yourself you cannot do it you cannot bring change by arguing them into it you cannot do things by you know trying to win by by any kind of an intellectual reasoning you cannot try to win people that way it has to be through the power of the holy spirit hallelujah you can't convince people you can't change people you can't you know you can't manipulate them you can't push them you can't pull them you can't move anything you can't bring transformation to anybody's life but when you operate in the power of the holy spirit the power of god will manifest in their life Hallelujah. I can sense a mighty power of the Holy Spirit in this place right now. Would you just stand up right now and receive the infilling of the Spirit of God? Hallelujah.